Today's podcast is sponsored by Gamerborn Clothing. Visit gamerborn.co.uk to browse through a collection of gaming-inspired clothing for all ages, even infants and toddlers. Use promo code VGXTPOD at checkout for a 10% discount on your purchase. Gamerborn Clothing, where we were all born to be gamers. Crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation. Hello world, this is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 011, the monthly podcast of gamers talking about tech, science, and whatever else comes to mind. I am your host, Anthony Rossi, and with me this week is John Leola from the One Track Gamers Podcast. John, thanks for joining me, my man. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, like I mentioned, you're with the One Track Gamers Podcast. Uh I guess you would be the, well, oh wait, how do you describe yourself and your co-host? Let's go over that first. Oh, yes. Uh, so actually, I don't know if we used to do that anymore, but before oh, we, yeah, before we <laughs> used to go as Amanda's the producer and then Corey the talent and I'm the host. But lately it's just we're all hosts. <laughs> oh, no, just, uh, you, should, you should bring that back up. I'm going to, I'm going to request that. You, okay. you need to stick to your titles. You need to stick to your roots. Dang gummit. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, John is joining me. Uh, so, oh, as we were talking before this, life has not gotten, or excuse me, I, I can talk words good. <laughs> life has not gotten all that much easier since last time I ha- was able to record. Um, currently, my wife and I still got him. He's still kicking around. Our son, Jacob, who is just over four months old at this point. And oh. uh, I'll say it again. Much respect to parents who are able to hold it down. We had our child a little bit later in life than normal, and maybe we're just old and tired, but uh, kids, kids these days, I'm telling you, even at four months old, they take a lot out of you. So a lot of my time has been taken up with, uh, with that little guy and uh, making... I'm telling you, when you use Facebook and Twitter and like the regular social media stuff, when you use that as it's intended, as like keeping up with family and friends that uh, you know geography has pushed a distance into, Facebook works great for the uh, out-of-state grandparents to uh, see their little man grow up. Aww. Yeah, it's it's getting a little ridiculously cute. Not gonna lie, <laughs> like I always <laughs> swore that I was not going to be one of those dads or parents who were constantly posting about their kid and um so far i've been able to avoid that uh however i oh, will have to you um, have to you I have to i mean that's a that's the thing and then you got to do the stuff where you make like dad jokes i mean when i get a kid uh, perfectly i mean that's the reason my my i think like, i do dad jokes already my my wife is just already against it and once i get a kid it's just full throttle dad jokes every day it's going to get bad. Or is it going to get fantastic? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, you got any good dad jokes right now? 
No. Oh. <laughs> it's just mostly puns. I mean, like, as as they come, it just comes to me. And then, it just comes. All right, yeah. so you get the pun dad jokes going on. Yeah. All right. Oh, geez. Yeah, I uh, subscribe to a few, because of course I did, a few, like, father, I think it's called Fatherly on Facebook and uh, Geek Dad. Uh, just so I can just grab any information that I possibly can to make this a little bit, you know, easier of a transition for me. But, uh, geez, I just, f- just saw one online. I can't remember which, uh, Facebook site posted it, but it was something to the effect of, and good God, I hope I don't butcher this joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in a band in my younger days and we had a Polish guy as part of our road crew. We had a Czech one too. A Czech one too. <laughs> Uh. There it is. <laughs> I love the the laughs where you can hear in the person's voice that they're ashamed that they got it and that they found it funny. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely is like the sign of the proper dad joke. So um, when that time comes, may the dad force be strong with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So... A little bit about you, John. In your Twitter profile, you mentioned a little something about 2D and 3D art. Yes. So, what's going on with that? Yes. Uh, so, at the moment, I have been... Well, I actually, for the people who don't know, I'm finishing up school uh, for game art and design. And um, at the I've been pursuing into 3D art, but I've been getting back into the 2D art, which is basically sketching and drawing and creating just the concept art for building up on 2d okay yeah so are you doing this all is your 2d art is that all digital that you're working with Uh, i started off in the i have a sketchbook i start off with a little concept and then i bring it over to the computer and then i um start enhancing on it like tracing like just retracing the um, making it into digital and Mm then um coloring it in Okay, so how much of it is actually done in the sketchbook? Just, I mean, like, it's just a basic sketch, so not not a lot. Okay. I, I do little sketches at work, so, like, when I have, like, downtime at work, I just do little doodles. A little sketch here and there, a little yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just go from there. Okay. So, uh, what programs are you using uh, digitally? Uh, Photoshop is what I use to um, draw digitally. Mm-hmm. And then when I go into the 3D programs, I've been using Maya, Autodesk Maya, and Autodesk 3ds Max. Okay. So Maya is something new to me. I haven't heard of that one. And you said that's Autodesk? Yes, both of them are Autodesk. I'm that you have a license through school to use that because Autodesk typically is not cheap. No, yeah, it is through school. They have the programs to basically give the students... No, let them know how to use the program. Right. Because yeah, um, that takes yeah, forever. When I was in school for uh, my bachelor's is in technology education, and uh, there were we had access to all sorts of fantastic high-end modeling software and CAD software and stuff like that. Um, but then you go look at what the retail price is for some of these. You know, you had the student price, which was like maybe, I don't know, like 100 or $120 or something to that effect. But then you go look at a commercial license, and it jumps over 1000 or 2000 very quickly. It does. Yeah, I was taking a look at the professional licenses like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that uh, 
<laughs> and that's uh, for like some of the base packages too. We're now, you know, let alone getting into any of like the specialty type uh, packages or suites or anything like that. But uh, and 3DS is the other one you mentioned. Is I know there's a ton of open source and freeware type stuff. Is 3DS one of those? I uh, know it's the same thing as Maya. It's the same um, from Autodesk. Oh, it's, it's from it's Autodesk. Just okay. A, yeah, it's, it's it's those are the same. They're just they act differently. They the, there's different ways to perform mm-hmm. certain tasks, and uh, yeah, those are the two. I know there's a Blender, which is the free one. I haven't used that one, but um, as I'm finishing up school and I don't have the money to pay these <laughs> programs, oh right. uh, yeah, the, I'm gonna have to learn how to use these free programs. Oh yeah, you are. I'm looking up 3ds right now online. Of course, the first thing that comes up is Nintendo 3ds. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's what we're looking for. No, no. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, about 3D software? There we go. Oh, 3D Max? 3DS yeah, Max? 3DS Max. Okay. All right, so let's, let's, just take, let's just take a look. Let's give people a little... Uh, will it even give me download free trial? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm wondering if it'll even give me pricing. Because it's not look right now. It's just giving me like a long list and videos and explanations. Well, there's a subscribe uh, button, and for a month, monthly it's 185 dollars. <laughs> uh, one year is uh, 1,470. Two years, 2,795. Three years, 3,970. So that's basically the price. Yep. So, so there you go. And again, so that's 185, like we said earlier, um, like you just mentioned, that is monthly. So that's, you get that access to that program for one month. That is yes. not ownership. That is just access to the license itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my dog just decided to join me in the office. Hello, Sophie. Yay, he's going to help pay for it, too. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Sophie. <laughs> hey, puppy. Hi. Okay, good girl. Go lay down. Go lay okay. down. <laughs> I, I will. I will. I'm sorry. Anyway. All right, yeah, so 3D software, not cheap. And no. um, like the like with this podcast that I'm running right now, uh, it's basically all done on freeware and open source software. Uh, like after this, I'll be using audacity to edit out little blips and bleeps and dead air. And my dog, uh, rustling her chain <laughs> during downtime. And, uh, any of the image work that I've done, I've used GIMP. Have you used GIMP before? No. Okay. GIMP is G N U image manipulation program. I believe it is what the P stands for. So it's Linux-based. I believe it's Linux. It's open source. Whether or not it's Linux-based, it's open source. And it will do pretty much everything that Photoshop will do, kind of. And you'll be able to get it to do what you need it to do eventually. I mean, it's open source, so you know it, it's free to use, free to distribute. Legally, it's free to you know do all that stuff. And it will do most of what you need it to do. Uh, it's it's clunky, but again, it's free and it's open source. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you, you take what you can get. Exactly. <laughs> you take what you exactly. can get. <laughs> Which is free. Cool. So you're, so you're finishing up school uh, senior year? Yes. Yes, that awesome. is. Awesome. Uh, I hope you're not accumulating too much student loan debt. 
Oh no, yeah, it's yep. <laughs> yep, that's it's up there. Yeah, personally I still got oh geez, like twenty five grand still just kinda waving at me. Oh. <sighs> yeah. It's rough. Yeah, I it bet. It's rough. I bet. Like it got to the point where like during my the the last years or last year, it's like, all right, you're gonna need to apply for this much student loan. I'm like, I don't even care anymore. Just, just, just sure, just whatever. Just throw it up on top of the pile. Just throw it on up there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's how I feel. I, yep, that's how I feel. Like I need to get it anyway. It's not like I can do anything. Oh, yep. Oh, good God. So, also mentioned that you're with the One Track Gamers podcast. So, how long have you guys been uh, going at it? Uh, a little bit over two years now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Look at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of episodes. Any fun stories, any fun adventures in podcasting here to share? Uh, well, the, the only thing is just like, we just, we're just three people talking about video games. And that's, that's basically great because that's pretty much the reason why I started podcasting is because I wouldn't need an excuse to talk to my friends about video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally get it. I mean, I've bounced around a little bit between different platforms, basically. I started off blogging, I don't know how many years ago, several years ago. Uh, started my own blog. Uh, what did I call it? Coffee and Corn Chips gaming blog. Oh. Uh, there's a story behind that, of course. But, um, you know, it was fun, but I realized, and this is something I'm sure you can attest to, if you're going to try to get into blogging uh, or podcasting, Beware, your free time is going to vanish very quickly. Yep. It is amazing. I mean, and of course, I brought it upon myself a little <laughs> bit. Because uh, I'll do these, like, over-analysis of these game trailers and try to pick out every little thing. And it would take me several hours just to do one article. And it would turn out to be, like, 1,500 to 2,000 words long. Ooh. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so I was loving it because I was nerding out all over the the blog post. I was picking on things. I was just um, having a blast. And people were like, this is way too long for the casual reader. Oh, yeah. Way too long. But I just felt terrible. I felt cheap, really. If I'm going to write like, oh, so a new trailer came out for a game. Well, I'm not just going to go to the... Uh, Vet Studios YouTube channel, grab the trailer, plop it, the link down into the blog post, say, hey, there's a new trailer for the game. You should go check it out. It looks super cool. And then post. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like a total snob for saying that, but like, I, I, I just couldn't do it. So yeah, I did that for a while. It was great and fun, but just my style, I guess. I just wasn't getting much readership, so I bounced around to another uh, friend's website as their gaming contributor. Okay. Um, but again, like I just, it was more of a sports site. It's called SportsRants.com. Okay. And I did a lot of the gaming stuff, and I got a little bit of interaction on the blog posts. But um, once again, it just it just took so much time for me to write the way I wanted to write. Hmm. It's, you know, it's tough. Again, I'm going through these long um, analyses of these games. Like, and to review a game, I would basically have three parts of, like, initial um, reactions, uh, midway through, and then, like, a final review and analysis of the full game. And, again, each one would be, like, over a thousand words long. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
with pictures and links and cross references and it just it's a lot of time kids if you want to get into the game it's a lot of time and when you guys record uh how much editing do you do post recording uh well actually the way that I record my podcast for One Track Gamers is um everything that's recorded that stays in. The only thing that gets oh, taken really? out is, is the dead air. So okay. sometimes we have like uh Corey and, Corey and Amanda's dogs they come in and something happens with them and then we're just talking to the dogs and then nope that's that's <laughs> all still in the podcast. Everything that we do <laughs> everything is just I like it I like it like there's just genuine people like just hanging out. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, that'll get edited out as I just took a big old swig from my soda, or maybe I'll leave it in. Hey, let's just keep it natural. It's, it's all natural. No one will know. Ah, yeah, <laughs> oh, cool. All right, so let's move into some tech news, tech and science news. How about it? All right. And the first one that I want to talk about is a TED Talk. So I subscribe to the the TED Facebook and Twitter feeds because the conversations and the presentations that they give are absolutely amazing, and I can't say enough good things about TED in general. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with TED, uh, the TED Talks, it is TED.com. That's T-E-D.com. And all of their presentations are provided for free without subscription or you know, anything. And the idea is just to get as much knowledge and great ideas and great presentations and talk about research out into public domain for free. Like that's it's the spreading of knowledge and ideas and information. Cool. So now that I gushed over Ted, <laughs> enough for that. Um, this one thing in particular, this one talk, uh, actually came out a year ago, but it recently came up, and there, I've got an inkling of why this actually became relevant again a year later, and we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. It is titled "Help Discover Ancient Ruins Before It's Too Late." So, I'm just going to go through the gist of uh, what's going on. And uh, we can a little chit-chat about that. Give me your thoughts on it. So there is this researcher. Her name is Sarah Parchak. And she is a space archaeologist. And she claims that, yes, this is a real job because NASA actually has a, uh, a job description for it. So it's real, <laughs> as she claims. And what she is involved in is archaeological research, particularly in the... Um, the Middle East and Egypt, the Egyptian Delta specifically. So there's tons, tons of archaeological digs and uh, ruins in that area. And long story short is she is heading up this effort called globalexplorer.org. And the reason for this is that uh, there are tons of ruins and catacombs and structures, ancient structures, that are still around today that are yet to be discovered. And what they do is that they take um, open source uh, satellite imagery. So your basic Google, I don't know if it's Google Maps, but she's able to get a hold of a lot of satellite imagery. And running these images through an algorithm, it will enhance 
color variations and shadows and different lighting. Uh, really powerful imagery. Uh, she mentions she can you can actually get down to like you can see detail up to or down to like three inches. Oh, okay. So three inch detail from a satellite view, which is amazing. Quick correction here. After reviewing the TED Talk video after recording this podcast, it turns out that the resolution she's able to attain is 10 inches, not 3. So just keep that in mind for the remainder of this section. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's That, that uh, kind of gave me pause for a little bit. Like, I know that we've got some powerful satellites, but if you can see detail down to like 3 inches from however many miles above the Earth's surface, that's a powerful camera it you is. got right there. So she can take these images and running it through an algorithm, taking a look at uh, variances in color and light, it'll actually highlight um, these outlines of ruins that are still beneath the Earth's surface. They'll take the satellite imagery, run it through an algorithm, and it'll highlight different areas uh, for like differences in light and the color spectrum, and they'll actually be able to highlight the different outlines of things. So... I mean, you can see it right in the video. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's pretty amazing. I mean, like, it showed, at first it showed, like, a little, a blurry photo, but then they were able to enhance it, and then they showed a tomb. And it, it, the tomb looked pretty, like, um, clear. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at that, you know, a, a specific location, and you know what you're looking for, they, it's, pretty clear like there's definitely something buried there there is definitely something buried there um so yeah uh like i said sarah parchek she's head of this up and there's a specific reason why she's doing this not just for pure um expansion of knowledge and looking for things but there is a serious problem in the middle east with the looting oh. and uh later on in the talk she talks about how you know there's basically two types of uh looting there are people who are doing it for like criminal activity to fund criminal activity and those who are looting because of you know desperation and uh so the people who are doing it for des- desperation she really doesn't blame them too much i mean it's when you're desperate you're desperate and if you have access to something that you know holds a high you know financial value like yeah you're going to do what you got to do to survive and the other type, the criminal activity, is unfortunately um, organizations like ISIS use looting and the you know, artifact dealing and the black market and uh, other illicit trade to help fund their activities. So that's the main uh, thing that she's trying to fight with this mm-hmm. program of uh, Global Explorer is that try to find these locations before... ISIS does. Oh, yeah. So they can preserve history. Because these these treasures, these artifacts, are the only link that we have to these lost civilizations. So, pretty intense stuff that's going on. And uh, I mentioned earlier that I think there might be a reason why they're bringing, uh, why Ted brought this up. And this kind of makes me smile, in a way, in kind of a schadenfreude kind of way uh there a couple days ago uh i heard on npr that isis is actually running out of money oh apparently 
Now, this is a non-political podcast, <laughs> uh, but I just I just find that this is interesting, and like I said, a little bit of Schadenfreude. But basically, they've been losing ground and losing money because they subsist almost exclusively on looting, and you can't loot the same area over and over again. Like you do it once, all right, twice, okay, you know, three times. There's nothing left to get, so they've run out of places where they have access to and if we can help establish where these new locations are we can preserve these locations and preserve the artifacts within them before organizations criminal organizations um are able to get their hands on them so i think that's pretty awesome that is what do you thought yeah i mean i totally agree with that i mean that <laughs> i don't know what else to say i, mean, I just agree with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I mean it's 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 pretty wild that, um, and pretty awesome that she's bringing this to light and using um, resources like satellite imagery, and uh, and she was able uh, with a team of other people, I'm sure, to work out whatever this algorithm is uh, that allows her to or allows people to determine where these uh, caches could effectively be. And um, to finish this up a little bit, if you go to globalexplorer.org, and I will absolutely put a link into the uh, show notes, uh, what you will actually do if you help the cause is you'll create an account, and there's a little training video for to watch to show you like what they're all about and what you do as a participant. And the short version of it is they're going to show you satellite image tiles as they refer to them so the, you'll look at these tiles and you'll look for outlines just you know whatever you can you look for outlines that may or may not be a tomb site or a a possible dig site and basically you'll just flag it and say like yes this this looks like that there might be something there so you know they go over things that you need to look for such as you know if it has straight lines or a perfect circle or perfect arcs uh, kind of outlines, uh, those types of shapes do not occur naturally, you know, in the world. So if you see some type of like perfect square or perfect rectangle in one of the images, chances are that's a man-made structure. So you would flag that as potential dig site. Or you may look over this image and you'll say like there's nothing here there's there's really like there's nothing worthwhile there's nothing that's popping out at me so you'll flag it as a uh, as not a potential and also in her presentation she also mentions how uh, to identify looting sites because it basically if you've ever seen the movie I think it's called Holes yeah okay yeah it looks like that uh, so imagine a satellite image of what that movie would have looked like just in, <laughs> in the but that's basically what it is. Like they'll find a, uh, an area that um, has a, that's a potential dig site, and it'll, they'll just be like riddled with holes all over the place uh, from where they're looting. Mm. Yeah. So definitely give that a check. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I was just taking a look at the globalexplorer.org. Um, of course, I didn't sign in, but from what I'm seeing, it's showing me the tutorial, and it's already teaching me how to look how where the looting is and the no looting. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah, so give that give that a look if you got the chance, and maybe uh, help the fight. Yes. All right. So moving on, we also have uh, the second bit of tech news is what is being called the waste shark. 
And I got this article from Popular Science. And again, this is one of the um, one of the topics that I feel doesn't get enough press. So a little bit of environmentalism coming out. Yeah. But uh, if you didn't know, now you know. There's a, a massive garbage problem in our world's oceans. Mm-hmm. Like, bad. It's basically referred to as, like, the great garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean, where it's just, like, floating islands of garbage. Yeah. And what this company has done is they've made... They're basically aquatic drones, <laughs> for lack of a better way to refer to them. But they're called waste sharks. That yes. is what they're called. I'm looking at the website right now. Come on. Yes. Give me some, there it is. Waste shark. Waste there shark. we go. Uh, and... I found this kind of funny. They come in two models, Slim and Fat Boy. So, of course, yeah, me being a child of the 90s, I'm like, really, Fat Boy Slim? That's where we're going to go with this? Yes, of course. <laughs> so their weapon of cho- Oh, my God. They even have a weapon of choice reference right in the article. That nice. is fantastic. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> that is fantastic. I just... I'm looking at the article right now. I just realized that they actually use the term weapon of choice. That is great. I'm going to have to add a link to that music video. (laughs) (laughs) Just because. Weapon of choice. Okay. Little notepad in front of me. So, John, what are your thoughts on this? If you gave it a read through. Yeah, yeah. It's a a fantastic thing because you are right. There's a lot of uh, trash out there. And um, and I, I don't know. Like People... Do I don't know how how it happens, uh, but this is a smart move to kind of clean up the the ocean, and it looks like it's just um from the looks of the the images that it just picks up the stuff from the surface. So is that is that all? It's just from the surface. Yeah, it it does have a a tank or net or something that does drop. There was something if you actually go to the the site itself, there was something. That says, oh, it has an open mouth located 35 centimeters below the surface. So it drops down. Okay. Uh, not an excessive amount, but... Um, yeah, and it looks like it can-, it can collect, which can collect some 500 kilograms of waste in the water. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's an automated pool skimmer, for lack of a better term. Yes. But, I mean... I mean, as we just discussed, there is a lot of garbage out there, like a lot of garbage. And like you just, there's no economically feasible way to go out there and clean it up mm-hmm. with traditional watercraft. Yeah, and this is a perfect way. At least it's doing something. I mean, this is just a, a step. If this right. is, um, this is just like a, just a step in the right direction. And if it, um, continues this way, I'm sure there's going to be lots of more enhancements and upgrades that'll definitely help with the uh, the waste in the ocean. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if it proves successful, um, that's another way that it'll get more funding. So, like, if it actually works, you yes. know, if it makes a dent or it makes some type of measurable progress, I think there's only, like, four of them out there right now. So they're doing kind of a smaller scale kind of trial run right now. Yeah. But... Uh, if you go to the webpage itself or a part of Rotterdam.com, there's another video and it shows just kind of like a, uh, a brief animation of them. And what it'll actually do, there's some cameras on there. It'll put it around the, uh, put it around the water, but it actually has its own floating docking station as well. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. It's this little docking station. And of course, there are solar panels both on the, 
water shark and at the docking station. So there you go. It just kind of floats out there. Uh, the water shark will work its way to the docking station, and it looks like everything is just self-contained and uh, you latches on to available solar energy. Nice. So awesome. They can just pretty much be deployed somewhere in here. It says 24-7. So yeah, around the clock, these things just kind of... Uh, just do their thing. So it's somewhere awesome. between, yeah, somewhere between a Roomba and they, they obviously made the comparison to uh, Wally. Yeah, which obviously <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great movie. It was one of my favorites. Oh, Eva. <laughs> cool. For you, the listeners of the Video Game Crosstalk podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod and sign up for your free trial and download one of over 180,000 titles, such as The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Seconds before the Earth is demolished to make way for a galactic freeway, Arthur Dent is plucked off the planet by his friend Ford Prefect, a researcher for the revised edition of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who, for the last 15 years, has been posing as an out-of-work actor. Together, this dynamic pair begin their journey through space, aided by quotes from The Hitchhiker's Guide and the galaxy full of fellow travelers. Zaphod Beetlebrox, the two-headed, three-armed ex-hippie and totally out-to-lunch president of the galaxy, Trillian, Zaphod's girlfriend, formerly Trisha McMillan, whom Arthur tried to pick up at a cocktail party once upon a time zone. Marvin, a paranoid, brilliant, and chronically depressed robot, and Viet Vujagig, a former graduate student who's obsessed with the disappearance of all the ballpoint pens he bought over the years. Where are these pens? Why are we born? Why do we die? Why do we spend so much time in between wearing digital watches? For the answers, stick your thumbs to the stars, and don't forget to bring a towel. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod for your free audiobook. All right, moving on into some gaming and geekery news. First up, what should we talk about? Ah, comic scribe Warren Ellis brings Castlevania animated series to Netflix. Awesome. This is going to be awesome. That is going to be awesome. I mean, the thing that's weird is that I don't remember the story to Castlevania. Have you played the Castlevania games? I played, like, the original Castlevania yeah, games. Yeah, that's the same here. Um, as in Nintendo. Not Super... Well, yeah, actually, I did play quite a bit on the Super Nintendo. Now that I think about it. Now that, now that I uh, dig that far back in my memory. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, that was actually really good. The early versions of Castlevania, basically you're Simon Belmont yes. and you go kill Dracula. Pretty much. There's yeah, there wasn't much plot development back in the day. Like Final Fantasy was the first game to actually create some type of storyline. Exactly. Uh for people to actually play through. Uh other than that it's just been pretty much you know Save the Princess. You are a Go ahead. That's it's pretty much Save the Princess is the whole yes. games for back in the NES days. Yep. Save the Princess, save your girlfriend, save the world. Um they're really like uh, God, I'm thinking of like what was it Moon Moon Patrol? 
Moonlander? Oh, I can't remember the name of the game right now. But, like, this is, like, talking, like, before NES type. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, there was no need for stories. They, they, was, they were literally just, hey, here's some stuff for you to do. <laughs> exactly. So as far as plot, as far as Castlevania is concerned, you're Simon Belmont and you're out to kill Dracula. And you work your way through these dungeons and gothic evil mazes. I mean, it's your classic... There's a reason why they call it the genre Metroidvania. Because both the early Metroid games and the Castlevania games were essentially the same concept where you're jumping around different platforms trying to get to the big bad end boss. So, unfortunately, I can't really speak much to the game as it's progressed over the years, although I have seen trailers and a little bit of gameplay of the more recent Castlevania games, mm-hmm. and they look pretty awesome. They do. The one, the only thing I remember was, like, the first iteration, I don't know if it was, like, Lords of the Shadows or whatever, but I remember that um, Hideo Kojima produced that one, um, but I didn't really play okay. too much of it, and I still don't know what was going on. Yeah, uh, she's after the Super Nintendo. I kind of, I had a little stint with the PlayStation, uh, but then I wanted to play Halo really bad, so I got into Xbox, mm. and I've been Xbox ever since. <laughs> so, <laughs> so unfortunately, there's a whole lot of PlayStation games that, uh, I'm gonna be missing out on. Uh, actually, today I saw a few tweets, um, about, uh, Zero Horizon, Horizon Dawn. Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. Oh, good. God, if I had money and I had free time. Yep. I totally <laughs> agree. That is that is the game I've been waiting for since last year. And oh, yeah? now that it's finally coming out, I'm like, I don't have money and I don't have time. <sighs> I just got to sit by the, sta- the sidelines and just watch everybody have fun. Yeah, it's okay. You just, you know, throw a $5, you know, tip into a jar, into your little gaming fund each week. Uh, you'll get there eventually. It's okay. The game will still be there. Yep. It'll still be there later on. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, but it looks so cool. <laughs> yes, it does. It really does. Like, that would be a uh, system seller for me if, again, I had time and money to spare. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to this, uh, the Castlevania Netflix series. So, first off, it's going to be on Netflix. Yes. And I am yet to watch a bad series that is a Netflix exclusive. I totally agree with you. Everything we've seen, even my wife and I have seen, it's just they produce a lot of great, great, fantastic shows that, that like, yeah, like really good, fantastic shows. All the, uh, the Marvel, which we might talk about in just a bit, uh, the Marvel series have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I even watched a couple of the Netflix movies. There's one... Oh, God. Now I'm going to completely draw a blank on the name. Uh, is it an Adam oh, Sandler movie? God. It's a sci-fi, <laughs> military sci-fi oh, um, oh, movie. I think I remember There's like what these you're apparitions. About. I just haven't seen those. Oh. Uh, Beasts of No Nation is... Epically fantastic. It is not a feel-good movie. It is really good, though. That's on the list. Yeah, that is absolutely worth your time. No, not exercise. I want exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) I will get there. Spectral. There it is. That's the one. Okay. Oh, God, that took way too long for me to find. (laughs) Anyway, Spectral. That was fantastic. Really good. So the fact that they're bringing this to Netflix, high hopes for this. High hopes. 
And also, um, the, one of the producers, Adi Shankar, mm-hmm. he produced a, like a, an adult version of the Power Rangers. If you search Adi Shankar Power Rangers on YouTube, um, it's very dark. It's like an adult content, um, Power Rangers. And that is very awesome already. Like, Adi Shankar, I think he's done other things too. I can't just, I don't, I don't remember what else he's done, but, um, just that adult version of the Power Rangers was just awesome. Okay. Um, I saw a, was it the one, okay, so this is the unauthorized, uh, trailer? I think so. It was like, oh no, wait. It's a, okay, I have something here. Go ahead. No, it looks like it's, uh, Power Slash Rangers. Okay. Full yeah, I'm looking film. at it right now. Alright, that's another one I'll add to the, uh, to the show notes. Awesome. So that's exciting. It is. Uh, other geekery news. Um, Marvel Entertainment is teaming up with Square Enix for a multi-year, multi-game creative partnership. Yes. This looks interesting. And they're going to start off with the Avengers. So a few thoughts on this. Are you a fan of the Marvel movies that have come out over the past several years? Yes. Yes, I am. Excellent. I've, again, limited on time, but, you know, I do have Netflix. I should <laughs> jump on this. So the Marvel movies have been just like raking in money left and right. <laughs> yeah, All right this, is, this isn't even like, yeah, that's the end of that discussion. All right, they've been wildly successful. All of the Marvel movies, just in general. In fact, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was on a couple nights ago. So that just got watched in its entirety again. Oh man, I just, I feel like watching that again too. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was uh, FX, I think. Wow. I think it was FX that it was on. Okay. Anyway, uh, that definitely got watched. So just all of the Marvel movies in general uh, have been fantastic. And Square Enix... <clears throat> so here's the thing with Square Enix. <laughs> oh, okay, what, what is it? They do the most amazing visuals and audio. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, their art is just... Like tops. I'm at a loss of words right now. For as much as I've been jabbering on this podcast, I am at a loss for words right now. <laughs> um, I'm currently, yeah, exactly. I'm playing Final Fantasy 15 right now. Yes, working my way through it. Which have you been playing that at all? Yes, yes, I have. Awesome. Where are you in it? Um, I what think chapter? I'm beginning of chapter nine now. Ooh, I'm just a little bit behind you. Okay. I'm just a little... Yeah. So we're not going to give any spoilers, but, no. uh, I mean, that game is just beyond gorgeous. Am I right? Yes. Was, oh, my Oh my God. I mean, I wish it was on PC because my computer runs games a lot better, and already, I mean, the game looks fantastic, and I, I, wouldn't, I can't imagine what it would look like on a PlayStation Pro because I, I think they just did a patch for that for 4K. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I don't... I mean, the game is fantastic already. I mean, so many things about the game. I mean, obviously, Square's you know, visual styles, art styles, are like bar none, like the top of like anything that comes to mind right now. And what really amazes me are like the size of the monsters and creatures that you fight, just the sheer scale of them. Yes. And there's like no slowing down in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've played plenty of other games, and as soon as it gets crowded, again I'm playing on Xbox. I know, boo, but yeah. um, <laughs> as soon as it gets a little bit crowded, it starts to get a little choppy. Frame rate starts dropping. Things get a little chaotic and not in a good, fun anarchist way. It just kind of gets weird. Uh, but in this, 
I mean, there's never any slowdown or drop in frame rate. The summons in this game are oh the my God. biggest. Oh, I get Ramu, uh, or excuse me, Rama. Apparently, that's how it's pronounced. I've been pronouncing it incorrectly for the past twenty years. Oh, uh, yeah. He actually comes to my aid quite a bit, um, and I'm just amazed at like how he because typically in previous games, and unfortunately, I have not played the M, the Final Fantasy MMO, but your usual summon sequence would be like a cutscene. And yes. it kind of overlaid on top of the battlefield with the uh, destruction. But now it's like it's there. It's in <laughs> the world. It's it's not like just kind of overlaid. Like you can see the shadows being cast onto the battlefield from you know Ramu's staff. And when he throws it down, like everything detonates around it, and you can see everything just charred and burning. Um, I haven't gotten Titan yet. A friend of mine at the mm. office has beaten the game, and uh, he has witnessed a Leviathan summon, and that's got to be Ooh. amazing. And I can't even imagine what Bahamut is going to look like. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I've only cut this podcast Titan. off early and go play. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying? Oh, I was just saying. I, 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 the last thing I summoned I saw was Titan, and that, that. Oh man, that he he's actually a Titan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't been able to summon yet, but I've been able to... Uh, I went through the proving, I guess we'll call it, where he's swinging at you from oh, under yeah. that giant boulder. Yes. So, so, but but here's the thing with, uh, with Square that I kind of am a little bit wary about. Their stories are really cool, but their storytelling, in my opinion, uh, lacks mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm. Um, like, right now, it's... A little cliche. Some of the uh, the progress of Final Fantasy 15. They really don't deviate much from the uh, you are the you're the prince of the kingdom uh, that is uh, heavily involved with magic and the evil empire and their machinery is ta- are taking over and you need to go save the princess again. Uh, the, the old video game cliche of saving the princess. You know you're out to save her and meet up with her. Yep. The obvious revenge of like, oh, they killed this person. I'm not going to let them get away with it with all the campy kind of lines. So uh, I still love you, Square. I still think you guys are awesome. But <laughs> the storytelling, like, have you found that in the latest Final Fantasy? Yeah, I mean, like, the the story, I didn't... Right, okay, here's the thing with Final Fantasy fifteen. I enjoy the Go game, on. but I don't care for the story. I'm just playing the it's, game as it is. I'm enjoying the gameplay. Oh, yeah. Which is really fast. Yes. But yeah, so that's my thing. So we, we agree on that, basically. Yes. Uh, but the thing with this game, with uh, the Marvel, is um, mm-hmm. it's not being developed by the Square Enix directly. Have you played the Tomb Raider games, the reboot? No. Unfortunately, this is too many games, not enough years in my lifespan. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's being developed by the same developers as the Tomb Raider series, which is uh, Crystal Dynamics. Okay. So, um, they Crystal Dynamics. They make a great game and with a great story, and so it's just being developed, I guess, um, internally in, in America. So I think they can definitely nail the story for mm-hmm. the Avengers um, instead of like what the Final Fantasy is, because Final Fantasy is just that's all Japan story. I mean, Japan has a, a different way of telling stories than what Americans are used to. Okay. So I think the, they're on the right path with the Crystal Dynamics. All right, nice. 
And I also see in this article that they're getting Eidos Montreal involved as well. Yes. Uh, they're the people behind the Deus Ex series, which I have gushed over uh, in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love me some good cyberpunk. Uh, so, yeah, that's so that's the other thing about this story. How, I mean, if they get the the visual direction and uh, resources from Square and get the proper storytelling. Well, I mean, if it's going to, if Marvel is going to have their hand in it, and if they're going to be directing the the storytelling or have a hand in in that type of capacity, then really we shouldn't have anything to worry about. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because I think they're all Marvel is all in it in for the video game world now. Because before they've been just giving their games to Activision, and Activision's just been putting out crap games over and over. But uh, they took away their license, um, and now we have that Spider-Man game that's coming up for the PlayStation Four that's being made mm -hmm. by Insomniac. Um, and there, Marvel is making a great move with putting their games out to top-notch developers now. Okay, so they're kind of moving away from just like kind of cranking out the the games from like a big industrial machine just to make some coin, and they're actually gonna like bring it into some some serious development. Yes, not that Activision doesn't do serious development; it's just a different emphasis rather than just kind of cranking it out for you know auxiliary income. Yeah, I think I'm using that term correctly. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually gonna uh, try to do some crafting with it. Exactly. Yeah, so definitely be on the lookout for that coming through. Uh, what else we got going on? Got a small little heads up that uh, from PCGamer.com that Bethesda has a few new projects in the works. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, no, actually. Yeah, there's not much in the article itself. It's just Bethesda has three new projects in the works. <laughs> and two of them are, quote, classically, end quote, Bethesda. So... Yeah, we have the full quote. Who is this quote from? Todd Howard. We've got a good number of projects on the go. We're bigger now, and we do want to be putting out more stuff. We have two larger projects that are more classically the scale of what we do, but even bigger. We overlap the projects, so we're working on them at the same time, but they're staggered. I can't talk a lot about them, but I can say that they're bigger than anything we've ever done. They're a bit different, but definitely in the wheelhouse that people are used to from us. So, obviously, you hear anything about Bethesda and how they're going to be putting out a new game. Everyone, including myself, knee-jerk reaction, the next Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> it has to. It has to be. Uh, but I did enjoy... Oh, I can't remember which... E3 it was, but they're trying to, they branch out into other franchises because they don't want to be known for just Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Yeah. Which I'm going to absolutely agree with. Um, if you guys can diversify a little bit, you know, I of anything, I do not want to see those game series get stale. Mm -hmm. Like, those are definitely games that I am so happy that they don't even come close to annualizing. But honestly, other than that, I have no idea what they could be. I know that they yeah, they were behind Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein and Doom. That's right. How the hell did I forget that? <laughs> Alright, yeah, so um they got yeah, they did Fallout Four and Doom for VR, right? Uh, if I remember correctly. I don't know if Doom was in VR, but it looks like Fallout Four VR. By the power of Google? 
Doom VR. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely coming out in VR. Oh, cool. Yeah, we can now play Doom 3 in VR on the Vive, Vive, whatever. Motion controllers, quick kind of... Yeah, so Doom is coming out on VR. Fallout 4, we know, is uh, coming out for VR if it's not out already. But, uh, so that's exciting. Everything that... Most everything that Bethesda puts out has been, like, super high quality. They're another, you know developer that they just need to whisper into the winds uh, <laughs> that they're coming out with something and uh, people are going to start clamoring all over the place, just obviously like with this uh, article. Yep. So I don't know, have you heard anything? Any other rumors flying around? Uh, not for not from Bethesda. Like The only game I know that is uh, coming out for, from Bethesda is a Prey and that game looks... Oh yeah! That game looks fantastic. That looks evil and dark and all sorts of lovely. Yeah, it reminds me so much of a, of Bioshock as well. But I, I don't know why. It just reminds me of a Bioshock feel. It has a Bioshock feel to it. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, and one thing that Bethesda, I really have to, you got to hand it to Bethesda. They keep a tight lid on their studio. Oh, yeah, they do. I remember when Fallout 4 finally was released or announced. And uh, there were maybe two two or three at absolute max uh, leaks that came out of the studio as far as like a leaked script or like a leaked screenshot or something like that. But that was it. It was just a handful of little things. And they finally came out that E3 and said, uh, yeah, we uh, Fallout 4 is a real thing. Here's a crap ton of, you know, gameplay and uh, other you know, visuals for you. Here's a great trailer of what you can do, all the crafting and stuff. And uh, we're actually pretty far along in development. In fact, it's coming out this year. Man, mic drop. That's a mic drop moment. That is, if that's, if there are any mic drop moments in, uh, in gaming news, like that was one of them. I could not believe, like, oh my God, you were able to keep this tight of a lid. I mean, especially with all the leaks that come out. Like... I think we mentioned this before on the podcast, like <clears throat> Assassin's Creed <laughs> and uh, how <laughs> leaky that franchise is. But I mean, it, it happens all the time and I try to avoid them because I want to, I want to experience the game and the announcements as the developers intend them to in a controlled environment when the timing is right. But you can't avoid them all, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But they, they do good. They, they do. They excellent. done do good. They do excellent. Yes. All right, so real quick to finish off this segment. Speaking of E3, what are your thoughts on this? E3 is now open to everyone. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I finally have a shot at going. Everyone has a shot now. You get a shot. You get a shot. You, you get, get a shot. shot. You get a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fantastic. But um, also kind of... There's the big button. It hit me with mixed emotions. Yep. At first, I'm like, woohoo! Obviously, but it also kind of hit me in that um, from other podcasts I've listened to, they've mentioned how attendance has been dying out mm. at E3. Yeah, uh, which is kind of sad. But um, I guess that's just kind of how it goes. Like Nintendo has their treehouse uh, for Final Fantasy Fifteen. Square had their own Twitch streams uh, for to reveal information about that or set up their own events. Uh, Bungie. If you pay attention to any of the Destiny announcements, I mean, they've got their own studio, like 
like living room studio thing set up with Deej, and uh, that's how they do their announcements. Mm-hmm. So they can set the timeline. Uh, they can set the environment. They can set the pace. They have so much control, and they're just embracing the live stream uh, capability of the internet. So they don't necessarily need. Uh, they don't need to wait for E3 and have their announcements get lumped in and possibly overshadowed by everyone else's. So it's like it's kind of it's a it's kind of bittersweet, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that. Well, the thing is, like, this is a fantastic news for everybody who's always been wanting to go to E3. But there's a big downside: is that they're they'll be able to um, play the game, sure. But there's since there's going to be a an open attendance for everybody, there's going to be a long line for people who want to play that big game that's coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't been able to attend any like big conferences or expos, but I have friends who have. And like pretty much any type of how to survive con season blog post basically involves if there's one big panel discussion that you want to attend or one big game that you want to play, be prepared to spend several hours in line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I've, I've been to trade shows. Um, and you can pretty much just kind of wander around the hall and kind of like hit up everybody type of thing. So it's, it gets crowded, but there's nothing, nothing over the top ridiculous. But if I have to just kind of park myself in a hallway for three hours, if I want to hear someone speak on this panel that I just absolutely have to attend like that, that kind of sucks. That kind of really sucks. Because that takes away from, you know, seeing everything else. You know, it's, of course, everyone wants to see the big games and the big names, but there's plenty of other indie-type, you know, booths around, or the lesser known, that are still deserving of attention. But, you know, here you are, if you want to see Nathan Fillion speak at one of the panels, well, get in line four hours early. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Ugh. Yeah, so like the best thing about it, well, to me, the best thing about E3 are the pre- the press conferences, and I can already attend just by watching it through Twitch or the streams. Yeah, there and, you go. That that kind of brings it back. Yeah, actually, you and I, what what did we watch together? We watched the Final Fantasy, um, the Final Fantasy event, the Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, one of the Final Fantasy events, right? Yeah, so all of those, you know, and again, that just goes that brings several points back around. Companies can do their own events. And people can watch the live streams from their, you know, heck, their phones. Um, yeah. So anywhere. And you can kind of like chat it up with your buddies as you're watching and it's all fun and games. But yeah, you don't physically need to be there. You don't need to, you know, deal with inflated airline prices. You don't need to deal with inflated hotel prices or LA traffic or just, <laughs> you don't need to deal with other people. <laughs> yep. Or the smell. Ugh. Oh, good lord. Yeah, you don't need to do that. You can do it from your own stinky bedroom. <laughs> or office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, so like I said, it's a bittersweet. Like, I'm... Mm, Bring that back a little bit. There is in no way that I am not excited for the opportunity to attend E3. We're just going to lay that out. <laughs> right yeah. now, the fact that yeah. I have a chance at actually attending, I'm totally going to jump on as soon as my son is old enough for me to leave him for a few days. Um, <laughs> or to the point, like, 
like right now, any type of vacationing is just you know, out of the question. You know, one night, if I can you know, go to a happy hour with some friends of mine, that you know, that's one thing. But for me to say, hey, honey, I'm going to leave for like four days or a week uh, to go to a video game conference, that is not going to fly. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> I agree with there. I agree oh, with yeah. there. But still, you know, no matter how you cut it, it's, it's good for the community. Can we agree on that? That's great. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. I mean, like, it gives everyone hope for to attend an E3 because that that was the dream back in the day. Oh yeah, it still is the dream, and you know they know what they're doing with opening it up to the public. All right, so I'm going to plug one other thing, and this is only going to be valid for the next like couple of months, but I feel uh, kind of obligated. Uh, and yes, I'm going to use my podcast as a platform to promote this. <laughs> I am involved <laughs> with this Saint. Oh, I spelled it wrong in this show notes. I am involved in the St. Baldrick's Foundation. Are you familiar with the St. Baldrick's Foundation? I am not. All right, St. Baldrick's. It is a combination of the words bald and St. Patrick's. And Mm. what this is, it's a fundraising event where people pledge money to participants, and we go get our heads shaved. And this is all done to support childhood cancer research. So, in... I should know with the date that I'm doing this. I want to say March 24th. <laughs> March 26th, uh, here in Albany, New York, I will be shaving my head to help cure childhood cancers. So all money raised goes to the St. Baldrick's Foundation, and they in turn uh, issue grants, uh, either research grants, or they fund hospitals or research centers with funding f- to hire additional staff. And it it all revolves around childhood cancer research. So I'll be involved in that. This will be my ninth year doing it. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And I will throw a link in the show notes. Uh, obviously, you no donations are required. But uh, if you have some extra cash and you feel like helping out a truly awesome cause that's kind of close to me, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. So, again, that's uh, stbaldricks.org. Uh, where you can find all the information, including uh, all of their tax information as well. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, how they spend their money, uh, where the money goes, how much money they spend on administrative and, you know, marketing costs, and how much money actually goes to different grants and research foundations. You can find all that there. So I'll definitely throw a link up in the notes, and if you could drop a buck, that'd be totally awesome. It's for a great cause, everybody. I mean, it's kids and cancer. I mean, if you mm-hmm. don't donate, uh, I'm just going to say right now, you don't have a heart. And you're a terrible <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, final segment of the show. It's been a great podcast so far. Uh, this is a little something, and I know I did not throw it into the show notes that I sent over to you because I like to keep these a surprise. Um, this is called the final five. These are our final five questions to wrap up the podcast. They range from irrelevant to irreverent. John, are you ready to answer? Alrighty. Alright. So first question is coffee or tea? Coffee. Definitely coffee. Definitely coffee. Any particular preferences? Uh, iced coffee is what I go for. Uh, right. Uh, so you don't choose to drink steaming hot coffee out in the desert? Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. 
<laughs> yeah, by the way, John, you are coming to us live from Viva Las Vegas. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, so hot, <laughs> steamy drinks, probably not the best thing to be sipping as you're walking. There used to be an internet radio station that I used to listen to years ago, and I think it's one of your local radio stations. And it was, I remember this super campy jingle about water conservation, and it ended with, remember, it's a desert out there. Does that ring any bells? Hmm. No. <laughs> all right, it was one of the rock stations that came out at the time. Anyway, all right, so iced coffee, good choice. Uh, so we know you're a video gamer. Do you do any tabletop gaming? Uh, tabletop, no. No, the last table, well, I guess the, the last games I've played were probably like card games, which was a uh, joking hazard from the guys from Cyanide and Happiness. Oh, but, how's yeah, that? That's the last, the last, it's pretty fun. Right, because my wife I mean, actually got me Exploding Kittens a while back. Oh, really? Yeah, from the oatmeal. Um, that is pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, she even got the the not safe for work version as well. Oh, because she loves. It. Yes. <laughs> Good job, wife. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, question number three. So, you are the One Track Gamers podcast. So the question is, how many tracks do the one-track gamers actually record on? One. So you all stream it all into the one same track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm so defeated. I'm sorry. I, w- I won't talk about it anymore. Moving on. <laughs> oh, no, it's just that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, brother. So, oh man. Okay, so. Like we just said, given that you do live in Sin City, uh, what is your favorite guilty pleasure in gaming? Uh, escapism. Escape it, really? Just tooting out the world? Yep. There's just, that's just a great way to chill out, don't, don't care about anything else, just play my video game, don't care about what's going around me. Escapism. Mm-hmm. Nice. Alright, so, oh crap, hold on a second. Uh, give me one minute, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> Welcome Bro. back. All right. Hey, and I'm back. <laughs> All right, fifth and final <laughs> question. Uh, do you pay attention to hockey at all? NHL? Uh, no. Not really? But I heard, no, yeah, but I heard there's a team that's going to be coming to Vegas. I, I don't know if they're a part of the NHL, but um, once they come, maybe I'll start getting into that hockey stuff. All right, excellent. Good thing that you've at least heard about that story because that's what I'm going to ask you about. Uh, funny little thing. So the team that is slotted to come to Las Vegas is called the Golden Knights. Yep. There is a little bit of scuttle about this team. Yep. That scuttle is that there is a little bit of some legal issues with their logo. Really- I don't know if you heard about this. No. Um, yeah, there turns out that, uh, their Golden Knights logo was a little too close to the logo of a college, uh, another Golden Knights college. So they ran into a little bit of issues. That, hold on. And I'm going to send you a link. Is this the logo that you're trying to show me? Is What's this the logo that you're just trying to show me? Because I, I was able to pull it up. Yes. It looks like a Spartan. Okay, helmet. yeah. Uh, yeah, so look at it. Won't reconsider Golden Knight's name despite trademark denial. And I'm trying to, because it's a college that's here in New York. There it is. Yep, all right. So I can, ooh, I can send you a link right through the, through the Zencaster. Yeah. So the way it's going down is that 
Yes, it is the College of St. Rose. Mm. And as we're looking at this, it's really not that... I mean, it, it's a knight's helmet. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a college somewhere up in upstate New York. Like, don't, no one's going to pay attention to this. Except, of course, for myself. Because, here's the funny thing, I'm actually an alumnus of the College of St. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Here in Albany, New York. <laughs> so... Uh, when you agreed to come on this podcast, I've been holding on to this question for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, it looks like uh, you guys are not going to uh, search out a new logo or team name, but uh, because obviously the NHL, no one's going to confuse the NHL's Golden Knights to the College of St. Rose D3 uh, local uh, college team. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Uh, but if they were, what other team name would you give to a professional sports team in Las Vegas? Uh, they should have just called it the Silver Knights because the, what's that? The Nevada, isn't it? It's the Silver State. I'm not sure why they chose Golden Knights. And that was the big scuttle with the Vegas in here because everyone agreed that it should have been the Silver something. Really? Yeah. I, I am actually unaware of this. Nevada is called the Silver State. Why in God's name would you use the Golden Knights? That then? is exactly what we all said in Vegas. Like, why is it Golden Knights? It makes no sense. <laughs> this is going even better than I expected. I have like a list that we came up with at the office of other like stupid, sarcastic names that you can give a a team from Vegas for. But we're just going to go with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, there's you no have a precious fight. medal for your team nickname, Jeez. but you're not going to go with it. Exactly. <sighs> Listen, <I. laughs> all right, and that is all the time we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. You can follow me, Anthony Rossi, on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox One, and Twitch at HyperSyntax. That's H Y P three R S I N T four X. If you send me a message on Xbox, just let me know that you know me from the podcast, so I can uh, add you on there. Or you can follow this podcast directly either on Twitter at VGXTPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Video Game Crosstalk. Uh, this podcast is hosted directly on Podbean and can be found at VideoGameCrosstalk.Podbean.com. As for my guest, John, where can our beautiful listeners follow you around? Yes, the people can follow me at One Track Punk. And that's pretty much One Track Punk on everything on Twitter. Instagram, Snapchat, and if you want to follow One Track Gamers, that's at One Track Gamers on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, it's just HyperSyntax. If there's some type of social media outlet there, it's... HyperSyntax is not a popular name, so I've been able to use it pretty much everywhere. Pretty awesome. Mm, yes. <laughs> And finally, if you are a gamer or know a gamer that wants to talk some tech or science news, let me know. Do you know some tech news that you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have any other general questions you'd like to hear answered on the show? Send an email to videogamecrosstalk at gmail.com and give me the beats on what's going down. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts. And we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thank you one last time for hanging out with us. John, thank you one more time for joining me. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. This, this has been awesome. Exactly. And in the words of Franklin D. Roosevelt, democracy cannot succeed unless those who express their choice are prepared to choose wisely. The real safeguard of democracy, therefore, is education. 
Thank you one last time. <clears throat> Try this again. Thank you one last time for hanging out with us. John, th- wow, I'm butchering <laughs> this all over the place. 